Diana. All right. So we're looking forward to that. And I'm glad you're here tonight. Appreciate you coming back. I know that it's been a long day. And I uh, know everybody's tired, wore out. Uh, life seems to be drawing weariness in lives of people. Troubles that we have, difficulties we face. Uh, it seems like life is getting more, more troubling. Uh, the inflation is rising. Uh, the wars and rumors of wars seem to be just continuing. Our government is more corrupt. Uh, the world today seems to be headed in the wrong direction. Darkness is all around us. And boy, we get to come to church. Amen. Amen. That's exciting. Amen. All that out there, then you get to come to the house of God, open up God's Word, and uh, pray in the Holy Spirit of God will just blow on us and we might be able to speak about Jesus, sing about Jesus, learn about Jesus, leave out of here with joy in our hearts and with light in our souls. And, and uh, amen, don't even matter what's going on out there. See, I thought y'all was getting all bent out of shape while ago I was saying all that. Oh, God, help us tonight. Amen. Help us to stop looking at the world and all that's going on out there and look right here tonight and see what God would have for us. All right? Let's do that. Titus chapter 1 tonight. Titus chapter 1. And uh, let's begin there in verse 15. Titus chapter 1 and verse 15 as we stand to our feet one more time here tonight. And uh, let's begin to look into the scripture in Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. Last Sunday night we preached on a reprobate. We preached on the reprobate silver out of Jeremiah chapter 6. And in that reprobate silver uh, God was speaking to the children of Israel speaking to his own people about being reprobate silver. Tonight, we're going to come to Titus chapter 1, and we're going to see that word reprobate once again in verse 16. But here in verse 15, it says, Under the pure are all things pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him being abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work, reprobate. There's that word again, reprobate. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, that we're able to come back to the house of God, that we're able to preach and able to hear, able to sing, able to be with the fellowship of God's people. Father, we are so glad tonight, God, that you give us salvation and for it's all of eternity. Lord, I, I, I'm glad tonight, Lord, as well, that we're able to gather uh, tonight at this time, at this moment, God, in the house of God that you have provided. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you work down deep in our hearts and souls. I pray your changes for the glory of God. Lord, as we talk about a reprobate tonight, this is a very serious word. God, it's very uh, alarming to me, and not only that, but very fearful in my heart. Uh, Father, that the, the text as it was last week was amongst God's people. And here tonight, dear God, it's amongst God's church. And so, God, I pray that we would understand it and know what it means. God, that will not be part of it. Nobody in this room tonight will is a reprobate or will be a reprobate. I pray, Father, that you'd open our eyes and hearts so that we would understand it better and better. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. So we find that the church here is in Crete. We see that Paul, who is a servant of the Lord and an apostle of Jesus Christ, he goes in verse 4 and it says this, it says, To Titus, 
And so he's writing this letter to Titus because he's wanting Titus to do something. He says, my own, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Now we already know that this is a church setting. We already know that it was Paul that said to Crete, I need you to stay here because there's some things out of order. We see that in verse 5 when he says, I need you to set in order, telling us that there's things out of order. And tonight, whenever you have a church tonight and reprobates are in the church or reprobates are members of the church or reprobates is leading the church or reprobates is having some authority or influence in the church, it's out of order. Out of order. And so tonight, Paul said, you come and you put this church in order. And one way to do that is uh, to ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. And so now the next few verses is talking about a pastor or an elder or a bishop. And uh, everybody that's a church that's out of order is a church that doesn't have a pastor, who doesn't have a bishop. And those that are out of order will find, as we see, that tonight that the leaders of that church or those members of that church have found themselves to be reprobates in work. And so as we look now, we find in verse 10, uh, he says, I need you to be do it because of this, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they are of the circumcision. Now who is he speaking about? He's speaking about those of the church, in the church. And then we see verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. And so during this period of time, these churches were in houses as it was, and as the churches that were in houses, they were having people coming in, people being part of the teaching, part of the preaching, part of the worship services. And the Bible says, and Paul says, these people's mouths got to stop. They got to stop. And so we need to put in order these churches that are going on right here. And then we find in verse 14, it says, Giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. And so we find tonight that here's a church or some churches in concrete and the Titus was set forth to kind of put things in order in order to get some, uh, ordain some elders so things will be back in order and so things that will be of sound doctrine. But the Bible clearly tells us in verse 14 what happened. The Bible says they turned from the truth. And tonight there are churches that have turned from the truth. There are people tonight that who, who say that they're saved. They say that they, they love Jesus. They say that they're Christian and they've turned from the truth. Tonight, and that's the case in which we're looking at in Titus. And so you see the context tonight of what's going on and what's happening. We're not talking about a church that's set in order. We're not talking about a church as a pastor. We're not talking about a church everything's going well, everything's going good. We're not talking about one of those churches tonight. We're talking about a troubling church. We're talking about a church that needs some help. We're talking about a church tonight that has some people in there uh, that are not good for the church. And yet tonight, uh, as you look around them, as you look upon them, they may look like they're good. They may look like they belong in church. They may look like that they are doing okay and that they look like that everything is all right. But that's not the case. Amen. I want you to notice, number one, concerning uh, those who have turned from the truth tonight, they are contaminated. 
You say, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty harsh. That's real harsh. But, friend, you'll find in verse 15, the Bible says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. That word undefiled means contaminated. Uh, I want you to notice, number one, concerning the contaminated. The contaminated is not the uncontaminated. The clean stay unclean. Amen. Let's just say that tonight. The clean stay unclean according to the Scripture. Unto the pure all things are pure. And so there's no opportunity tonight to take one who is a Christian, one who is born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb and get contaminated. Christians do not get contaminated. Those that are saved and born again do not get contaminated. Those that have been, uh, been of the church tonight, truly washed in the blood of the Lamb, who is really the church of the living God tonight, do not get contaminated. Friend, I'm telling you tonight, there's great confusion amongst Christians tonight and even in the world tonight for people who say they're Christian, who say they love God, who go to church and do the things that many people look at and say, wow, uh, they are followers of Christ. But friend, I'm telling you tonight, there's no contamination in the Christian. For all things are pure to the pure. They're clean. That word pure means clean. They are clean. And all things they do are clean. Uh, They are clean. They think clean. They desire clean. I'm just saying tonight, you and I that are really truly saved tonight, we think clean. We want to live clean. Amen? I mean, we don't like unclean movies. We don't like unclean music. We don't like unclean uh, uh, entertainment. We don't want unclean verbiage. We don't want unclean people. Uh, We're not interested in living in unclean things, right? right. I mean, we want clean. We want pure. If we're going to have, we're going to do something. We want pure religion tonight, don't we? We want pure entertainment. Uh, We want pure relationships. We want pure things and we're not interested tonight in the things tonight that are unclean and things that are defiled and contaminated. I hope you're not. And tonight the, those that are really saved are always looking to go to people and places that are clean. Clean. I'm talking about spiritually clean. Pure tonight. I'm not interested in a dirty joke. Are you? I'm not interested in listening to a dirty mo- uh, music. I'm not interested in listening to watching a dirty mu- uh, movie. I'm not interested tonight being around dirty people who talk about dirty things and do dirty things and, and live in a dirty world tonight. Do you? I, I'm telling you tonight, all that are pure, right. to them things are pure. Right. You know, people say, well, you have virgin ears. You know, people at work sometimes will, will make fun. They may be saying some cuss words and I just get up and walk out. They say, oh, there's Larry there. He's got virgin ears. Well, I can have virgin ears all I want to, but the fact of the matter is I'm not interested in listening to the language tonight that will take my God and turn him down and take my Christ, my Savior tonight, and uh, abuse him in the way of language tonight. I'm not interested tonight for somebody to talk about my God and talk about my Lord tonight in a way of blasphemy. I'm not interested tonight in anybody putting down the church, putting down the church people, putting down the word of God, putting down the singing what we sing and the worship that we worship tonight. And friend, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want anything to do with any of it. I want clean. I want clean. And tonight, that's what the Bible says, to to the pure, all things are pure. And so tonight, there's there's no possibility of getting contaminated as a Christian. I know that's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? 
you're not going to get contaminated. No, we might say, well, you know, I'm going to get backslidden. No, it's amazing to many Christians, they want to talk about backslidden, and they're not even backslidden yet, but they're talking about it. Right. Why do you want to talk about backslidden when you're not backslidden? Because you say, I might go backslidden. Well, the backslidden is not even in the New Testament. So I don't even know what you're going to get when you get backslidden. A New Testament church, that's what we are tonight in the New Testament. I would challenge anybody to find the word backslidden in it. I don't know. You're going to have to go back to the Old Testament and become under the law and under the covenant. You're going to become one of God's children in the Jews. You've got to get circumcised if you're a man. And uh, if a woman tonight, you're going to have to find yourself being in the, under the law, under the dietary law, or the ceremonial law. You're going to find yourself under all those laws so that you can get backslidden. In the New Testament, friend, there's no such thing as a backslider. There's no such thing tonight as becoming a dog and going back to the vomit and becoming a hog and going back to the mire. You can't find it. You can't find it where the Bible says that we put our hands on the plow and we don't look back. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you tonight, those that are truly born again. Now, you do we fall? Oh, yeah, but we get up. Uh, do we sin? Oh, yeah, we sin, but we confess it. And do we make mistakes? Oh, yeah, many of them. And we admit it and acknowledge it and go right to God and those who we offended and make it right. Amen. That's called godliness tonight. That's called holiness tonight. That's called tonight how to live for God. That's called Christian life. That's called who you are in Christ Jesus tonight. That's what you are. We don't lie on purpose. We don't, deceive, we don't deceive anybody on purpose. We're not dishonest on purpose. Hey, and we find ourselves sometimes in places where we get angry and sometimes we even get uh, some bitterness in our hearts and sometimes we get some hardness upon us. But Fred, we don't find contamination. You don't find it. So we ask tonight in the way of the scripture, the pure are pure. But then in verse 15, if we agree with that tonight, I hope that we did, he says that the unclean are never clean. So the clean stay clean, and the unclean are never clean. You say, deep brother, you mean, do you believe in sinless perfection? I don't believe in that at all. But I believe tonight that if you're a Christian, you're going to want to live clean, be clean, do clean, talk clean, live clean. But tonight, if you're not a Christian, you're not going to walk clean. You'll never be clean. You, don't, you have no idea to, to be clean. Friend, there's three things I want you to notice in verse 15. It says, uh, there, the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Their soul is unsaved. The ones that are dirty, the ones that are unclean tonight, the ones that are unpure tonight are those their souls are unsaved because the Bible says they're unbelieving. They're without faith. They're without life. They're without hope. Their soul is dark. Their soul is lost. Their soul is undone. They're unbelievers tonight. You say, but they're in the church, Brother Larry. But they're teaching in the church. They're preaching in the church. They're leaders in the church. They have authority in the church. They're influence in the church. They are defilers and unbelievers. That's what Titus is saying. They're dirty. They've never been clean. Never. Not one time have they ever been saved. Not one time, friend, have they ever been born again. They're unbelievers. 
Their soul is unsaved. Number two, their soil, the soil like the heart is unusable. That word, that word there, defiled. Defiled means contaminated tonight. It means four other things. It means, number one, uh, that the heart of these people that we're speaking of tonight, that Titus was to go and get straightened out and getting cleared up, is those people, not only is their soul unsaved, but their soil tonight is unused because it's been contaminated. Now, I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you go out and try to plant something in contaminated soil, uh, you that are, have green thumbs tonight, I don't have one, uh, go out there and you plant something in contaminated soil, does it grow? And so we find the very soul of this individual, the very heart of these individuals, friend, are contaminated. They, that means polluted. That's where they start with. This ain't, they didn't become polluted. They didn't become contaminated. They were that from the beginning. They were placed where it was, uh, you could say, another word that could describe that would be something like stained. That word that word defiled means stained, means polluted. It means diseased. In other words, tonight in the heart of every one of these people tonight who we're talking about, uh, their heart is no soundness. No soundness. In their heart, friend, they had absolutely, uh, they had no righteousness. They had no godliness. So they had, there were people tonight, yes, they were in the church, and yes, they were teaching, and yes, they were preaching, and yes, they were about it, and yes, they were the face of it, and yes, it was Paul that had to send Titus to go down there and tell them that this church needs to get back in order or get in order, and you need to ordain some elders so that could happen, and the people they're talking about is being described in verse 15, the ones who have left the truth, but they didn't leave the church, they were still in the church, but they left the truth, and the reason why is because their heart was defiled. You don't leave the truth if you're not defiled. You don't forsake the Word of God if you're not polluted. You don't turn and tuck your tail, Fred, and take off and leave and, and abandon the church house. You don't do that. Not those tonight that are pure. But those that are clean or unclean tonight have been clean, unclean because their soul is unsaved and their heart or their soul is unusable. Uh, there, there's two things tonight that's involved here. Number one, their mind is ungodly. Look there in verse 15. But even their mind, their mind, that's mentally perverse. Do you know tonight that in our churches in 2023, there's some people preaching behind the pulpit and some people are teaching Sunday school and some people, friend, that are leaders in the church and even those who just come to the church and those that are part of the church and those that participate in the church, there's a possibility tonight that they are mentally perverse. They left the truth. Tonight he's talking about those people mentally perverse. Mentally perverse. Number two, not only does it say that they are, their mind is defiled, but the Bible says their conscience is defiled. Meaning tonight that they're not only mentally perverse, but they're morally perverse. Got that? Mentally 
and morally. Now you're going to find tonight those two go together. When you find somebody tonight who has a mind that is defiled, they're going to have a body that's defiled. You don't have a mind tonight that's defiled, that means perverse, and that you live in a good moral standings. It don't go together. You won't find it tonight. It won't be anybody tonight like that. You'll not be mentally perverse and not morally perverse. You'll not tonight be mentally stable and mentally saved and mentally gained by God and be morally impure. It don't work that way. Friend, it works this way. You are mentally perverse and that makes you morally perverse. That means tonight that you're living according to the world. You're living according to your flesh. You're living according to how you see things from your eyeballs and from your perspective. Tonight, if you're living life tonight according to your raising, you're living life tonight according to your religion, and you're living life tonight according to your philosophy, and you're living your life according to your ideology, and you're living life tonight because of somebody told you something like grandma and grandpa or mama and daddy, or you read in a book, or you learned in a professor, or you've been watching on Google or Internet or some other social media tonight, and your whole life is seen through those, those vision, through that perspective tonight, you're lost without God. You're mentally perverse. And that's why you're morally perverse. That's why you do the things you do. And that's why sin has a hold on your life. And that's why tonight you have no hope of this life. And that's why tonight you're lazy. And that's why tonight you'll not do anything on your own accord. And that's why tonight you have no future. You have no vision. You have no goal. And friend, you have absolutely nothing worth living for because there's nothing worth living for. Everything is before you. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get that. I'm going to have that. I'm going to build that. I'm going to have this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to have that. Everything's future. Everything's before. Everything's up on next week. Everything's next month. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And Fred, next thing you know, you're never in the moment. You're never in the day. You're never in the second. You're never in reality. You're never now. You're always there. The reason why is because you're mentally perverse and you're morally perverse. And when you marry one of these guys, or when you marry one of these gals, they'll get you married to you, and they say this to you. Oh, I love you. I love church. I love going to church. I love the preacher. I love the Bible. I love the Lord. And honey, baby, sweetheart, whenever we get married... And if the guy's speaking, he say, I'm going to build you a big old three-story house on a 10-acre land. And we're going to have a 15 children. And man, I tell you, we're going to be rolling in the dough. And we're going to have some cattle. And we're going to have some horses. And we're going to just live it up. We'll have a big old swimming pool. I mean, our friend, we're going to have a time of our life. And that guy there, he don't even have a job. I mean, boy, he's got a, I'm a, I tell you what, honey, I'm going to go buy you a big old Cadillac. I'm going to get you a big old this, and I'm going to have that. You can have as many earrings as you want, the diamonds. I'm going to get you a big eight-carat wedding ring. I mean, listen, they lay it on these women. And these women say, yeah, yeah. 
Mom and Daddy says, why are you like that guy? Oh, Daddy, Mother, Mama, you don't know what he says to me. Right. <laughs> he ain't never lied to me. He ain't ever going to lie to me. He's going to do exactly what he says. That guy's got to, oh, he's just, God's got this imagination this big, this wide. You know, sort of like that guy said, that girl said one time, I love him because of the man that he should be. Yeah. <laughs> Why you love him? Oh, I see the potential. Get rid of the bomb. Yeah. Now here's a woman. Tells the guy, I'll meet your every need. Oh, I'm the one for you. I'll keep your house clean. I'll keep your babies washed up. When you get home, I'll have a five-course meal on the table every day. When you walk in, you'll see me. I'll be dolled up. I'll have my hair down. And I've got my best clothes on. I'll have a shower. And boy, when you look at me, I'm going to wow you. And boy, he goes home and tells mom and daddy, I found somebody. Hey, she's going to have that house ready. She's going to have those kids ready. She's going to have herself ready. I mean, she's going to be a while. And we're going to have a wife. I'm going to have a world. It's going to be good. It's going to be fancy. It's going to be great. I mean, I have no worry in my life. She loves me, and she loves me, and she loves me. Always talking about tomorrow. Can't ever get today. Amen. I'm talking about folks tonight. They're just unclean. Mentally perverse and morally perverse. Can I say here, thirdly tonight, or secondly, I'm sorry, not only are they contaminated, but they are claimers. Claimers. Look at verse Titus chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, they profess that they know God. They profess they know God. So we're not talking about tonight the world that say they don't know God. We're not talking about tonight people out there who say they're atheists and they don't want nothing to do with God. We're not talking about people tonight who have no understanding and no clarity of God. We're talking about people tonight who had an opportunity to know God. And in saying that they know God, they profess that they know God. And they would agree with us to those who know God, really, because tonight we don't profess God and we don't profess to know God. We live God. Amen. We're not part of a, we're not part of a profession. We're part of a possession. Tonight, it's not that we are professing that we're Christians. We're Christians, amen. But these people here are professing they know God. They would say tonight that they would uh, profess, uh, that they would, that word profess means agree. They would agree with the doctrines of God. They would say to everything that you and I believe in, they would say yes to it. All the doctrines all the principles, all the precepts. We could go through the Bible and they say, yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe that. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, you're right. That's right. That's exactly what the Bible says. And they would agree with all the doctrines of the Bible. 
the doctrines of God. They profess to know God. In professing to know God, you're going to have to believe in the doctrines. Number two, not only do they agree with the doctrines of God, but they assent. That word profess means assent. They assent to the deity of Christ. They would say, oh yes, I sent that the Lord is God. I sent that he resurrected from the dead. I sent that he's born of a virgin. I sent that he was sinless. I sent that he arisen from the grave. And I sent that he ascended up unto the Father. And he sits right on the right hand of the Father. And I even assent that one day he's coming back. They profess that they know God. This is scary, church. This is fearful. This ought to be soul searching for every one of us. To look down deep and within our hearts tonight to say, Lord, is our church in order? Are we people tonight who profess to know God? Do we tonight agree with the doctrines of God? I'd say yes. Would you say, do you assent to the deity of Christ, that He's God? We'd say yes. And thirdly, I noticed the profess uh, him to know God, they would applaud. And that word, uh, that word profess means applaud to the dictates of the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, tonight, they would know that you had to lift up Jesus in order to be saved. Uh, they would know uh, that you would have to, uh, uh, the Spirit of God would have to blow upon you and come upon you before you'd be born again. Uh, they would know that the Spirit of God would always exalt and lift up Jesus. And if you're going to praise fine, Jesus please. tonight, you've got to praise Him through the Spirit. They would understand those dictates. They would say, listen, man, I, I get that. I know it's true. We come into the house of God and we've got to praise Him. We've got to honor Him. We've got to lift Him up. We celebrate the Word of God. We have knowledge of God. We have a, a place tonight where we know about God. Friend, that's a good place to be, but tonight... If this next part of this scripture is part of that, you'll find you're in a bad place with God. He says tonight that they profess to know God. But I notice number, number three tonight that they're not only like claimers and they're tonight contaminated, but I notice thirdly tonight they're contradictors. There's a contradiction here. For he says there in verse 16, but in works they deny him. They contradictors. There's a contradiction going on here. Now I would challenge you tonight to do you understand when the Bible says that they profess that they know God, but by works or with works they deny Him. That's telling me some things tonight. Is it telling you? That they're saying one thing and they're living a different way. They're giving a lip service, but their life service is not with the lip service. They profess to know God, but the very doings of their life, the very walk of their life, the very attitude of their life, the very fashions and fads of their life denies Him. So your walk is louder than your talk. You say you know Him, you say that you believe in Him, but you live as if He does not live. 
You say you're a Christian. But we can't tell it by the way you live. We can't tell it by the way you walk. We can't tell it by the way you dress. We can't tell it by the way you speak. We can't tell it by the way you drink and by the way you act and behave. We can't tell it by the clothes you wear. We can't tell it by the music you listen to. We can't tell it by the movies you watch. We can't tell it by the sexual activities you go through, by the substances you smoke. We can't tell it. He said you profess them, but by works you deny them. Now, that's a very serious place to be, don't you think? Tonight that we are talking about the church and we're talking about getting the church in order tonight. He says, boy, in the church, we need to get this straightened out. There's contradictors here. Uh, they live opposite of the doctrines of God. They live opposite of the doctrines of God. They believe the doctrines of God, but they live opposite of it. Whatever they say, they don't do. Whatever they teach, they don't obey. Whatever they point their finger at someone, they don't even obey it themselves. And when they get before people and tell them you have to do this and have to do that, they're not doing that at all. They're opposite. They're opposite of what they believe. They're opposite because you see it in their lives. They disown God's truth. The Bible says the word deny, deny there, uh, they den by, by, but in their works they deny him, meaning they disown God's truth. They disgrace God's word and they disavow God's will. Tonight, as you are standing here and listening here tonight in the word of God, and you say, okay, I profess that I know God. Okay, that's fine, that's good, but faith without works is dead, the Bible says, and so really your works will define your faith. You say you love God, well, your life ought to be loving God. You can't say you're going to heaven and live like hell. You cannot say that you separated from the world when you got born again and you're still living for the world, in the world, looking like the world, talking like the world. You say, well, listen, when I got saved, I crucified my flesh, and yet the flesh tonight is rising up in your life, and the flesh is ruling your life, and you're doing what the flesh wants. Anything and everything the flesh calls for, you yield to. Right. Uh -huh. Tonight, friend, you're in trouble. Yes, sir. Yes. You're the trouble, friend, that creates the church being out of order. You're the one tonight that is the opposite of the doctrines of God. You profess you know God. But in works, labors, doings, you know what? People do this all the time. They, they go to church on Sunday. They come, they come to church. They read their Bible. They hear the preaching. They sing the songs. They give their tithes. They go home. And on Monday, they go right back to their lying and their cheating and their drinking of alcohol and looking at pornography and looking at dirty movies and, and, and being around those people and living that life. And then they come back on Sunday, Sunday morning again, put their Sunday school clothes on. They get on down to the church. They'll sing the song. They'll give the money. And they'll say amen and whatever. But, friend, their life is still take, taken by sin. And, friend, the works, the works is who you are tonight. It's not what you say you are. It's not what you believe. It's not tonight what you profess. It's the works. And, friend, I'm telling you tonight, and the works deny him. And we find that the opposite of the doctrine. Day number two tonight, that these people are not the opposite 
of the doctrines of God, but they are they're living opposing the the very the very deity of Christ. They're living in such a way they're rejecting his person. Because when you say that you got forgiveness of sin, what that means tonight that sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. That means tonight that your sin is not the master of your life, right? When you say you got saved and Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior, what you're saying in reality is I'm no longer under the power and dominion of sin. And sin is no longer going to take my life, no rule my life, and sin will take a back seat on my heart because Jesus Christ's blood has brought forgiveness and it has taken the power of sin. And yet tonight, people who say they're Christians... They constantly just live in sin. People say they're Christians, and when you get saved and born again, you're going to find your heart is going to be near and close to the house of God, to the Word of God, to the Son of God. You're going to find that you're going to fellowship with God's people. You're going to find that you want to listen to preaching of God's Word. You're going to find that you want to come under the Spirit of God. You want to come that you want to be led by Him tonight. And friend, those tonight who don't want to come to church, who skip church, who just kind of just neglect church, who kind of just set aside the Word of God, set aside the Son of God, don't care about the fellowship they come and they rob God and don't have any kind of uh, any kind of conscience about that tonight and they just go on yet they say they're Christian yet they say they profess God but by works they deny them. there's something to this tonight and our churches are full of people tonight that are just like this I'm not saying you are tonight but I'm saying our churches are full of people like this and I'm not saying tonight, because I know the first thought is, well, the people who won't come back to church on Sunday night must be them people. I'm not even thinking of that. I'm not saying that all people who, didn't, who come this morning who didn't come back tonight, they must be these people. I'm not saying that, didn't say that, not going to say that. But I'm saying tonight, there are people tonight who are in the church. They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny. Amen? They don't tell about, nobody about Jesus. They don't even pray before they eat. They don't make any kind of, any kind of uh, stand on abortion, homosexuality, uh, drunkenness, drugging, abuse. I mean, you wouldn't even know at work that they're even Christian. You wouldn't even know at home if they're Christian. They have no prayer times with their children. They have no prayer times with their spouse. They don't set aside time in order to read the Bible and pray with their children. I mean, listen, friend, it's just, uh, it's Sunday only. And then Monday through Saturday, man, it's free for all. We come back Sunday and kind of get back in this little groove. They profess that they know God. And they not deny Him with their works. We see tonight that they are living opposing to the deity of Christ. They live in, op- in opposite of the doctrines of Christ. But then they live up in opposition with the dictates of the Holy Spirit. They're disgracing Jesus. They're dishonoring God. And they're disregarding the Scriptures. The Bible's not held up to them. They can quote it, but they don't live it. They're hearers, but not doers. Man, they could, they could give you a line. They could tell you all the things that Jesus has done. But they ain't lived one second of it. I mean, they are not under the, they're not under the dictates of the Holy Spirit of God. And in doing that, they're disgracing Jesus and dishonoring the church and disavowing the Scriptures. 
Friend, I'm telling you tonight, you're not one who professes to know God and in your works that you deny Him. Are you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know tonight. And that's between you and the Lord, and I have no answer for that. All I know is about me. And I just know what took me. Can I say here tonight, fourthly, not only do I see that these people are contaminated, and these people tonight find themselves in a place of being a claimer, and then they're contradictory, but I also notice, number four, they're counterfeit. They're counterfeit. Look at verse 16. The Bible says, being abominable and disobedient, and on every good work, reprobate. Now, counterfeit. Number one, about the being counterfeit tonight, it, they're counterfeit because they makes them, because they are counterfeit, it makes them detestable. That word abominable means detestable. It means repulsive. It means vile. It means disgustable. Look in Revelation with me tonight in verse 21. Revelation chapter 20, uh, 21, verse 27 tonight. It's amazing tonight that what this says here. Chapter 21 and verse 27. The Bible says, And there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they are written in the Lamb's book of life. We find tonight abomination. A nothing abominable will be in heaven. Nothing. Nothing tonight that will be repulsive and vile and disgustable will be there. He's talking about people. He's not talking about things. He's talking about people. No, nobody tonight will enter into heaven, into the kingdom of God tonight, being abominable. Zero. Absolutely none tonight. And boy, that's, a, that's alarming to me. That uh, anyone tonight would think that they could just get into heaven because they made a profession of Christ. You don't get into heaven making a profession of Christ. You get into heaven tonight possessing Christ. And while you possess Christ, you'll find that your works will reveal Christ. You manifest Christ. You live Christ. And Christ is in you and through you tonight. Amen. And that's what makes you not abominable. But before you were saved, you were abomination unto God. And we see tonight that these people are counterfeits. And what makes them a counterfeit tonight is that they are detestable. But then secondly, I notice that these counterfeits are disobedient. They're disobedient. The Bible says in verse 16, and disobedient. Now, what's disobedient mean? We kind of know what that means, right? I mean, somebody who don't mind, somebody who don't do what they're told, somebody that's just, well, it means a little bit more than that. It means tonight one who's unpersuadable. Unpersuadable. You know, you have some children tonight that are disobedient, and, and so they do some things. You say, don't touch that, don't touch that uh, stove, and uh, it's hot, it will burn your fingers, and they go over there and touch the stove. And uh, right before they touch it, they touch the stove, and right before you get them, you hit their hand, and you say, no, I told you no. Well, next time they go up there and they try to touch you, you say, I told you not to touch that stove. And so now you take a switch and you just wear out the left leg a little bit. 
Well, next thing you know, oh, they're stubborn, right? I mean, they're little kids. We're big kids, and so we're just the same. But anyway, so they go up there and try to get that deal, and you slap their hand, swip, hit the side of the back of the leg, you hit the other side of the leg. Each time, it's a little more severe, right? right? And man, I'm telling you, friend, eventually that that individual there, uh, they'll say, uh, you know what? It's not worth me touching that stove. I mean, I barely can walk. I got a bunch of pain. You know, my body's not, it's it's in bad shape, you know. And you know what? I live in an abusive house and my mama don't love me. And, you know, I I can't touch the the stove so I can burn my hand. I mean, she hates me. And so uh, in that thinking tonight, uh, that individual that child is persuadable right Right? you got kids persuadable yeah we do but this person we're talking about tonight is unpersuadable in other words you could talk to them and they say well i'll profess i know jesus yeah but man the way you live is contrary to the bible it's contrary to the holy ghost it's contrary to what jesus is and who jesus is Jesus wouldn't look like that. Jesus wouldn't talk like that. Jesus wouldn't act like that. Yeah, but I know, I know, I believe, I believe. Yeah, but your works are revealing something different. You're denying him. You're denying, you're abominable. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. See, they're unpersuadable. That's a counterfeit. Those that you can persuade are not counterfeit. Those who are unpersuadable are counterfeit. Does that make sense? Number two. No, they're unpersuadable, but they're non-compliant. They're non-compliant. I mean, you, you tell them the rules, and you say, this is what it is, this is what it is, this is what it is, and they keep on breaking the rules. And when you face them and say, you're breaking the rules, they say, I know, and I'm going to do it again. Tonight, that's counterfeit. That's not a child of God. A child of God don't work under those terms. A child of God wants to do what's right, and when they do get in trouble for it, they will repent of it. That's what a child of God does. Hey, the child of God does something like this tonight. If I do something tonight, let's say, let's, I'll use some silly illustration. Tonight, I drink, I drink a Dr. Pepper. All right? And Sister Sophie says to me, he said, that offends me. I'm a Coke all the way. I Coke. I'm a Coke, man. You drinking, you drinking a Dr. Pepper has offended me. You know what I would do? Now, well, a, lot, a lot of other people do this. They would say, well, then, you know what? You drink your Coke, I drink my Dr. Pepper, and you, you go cry your eyes out in your bed, and hopefully everything will be okay. I'll pray for you. That's not what a Christian does. What a Christian does is say, okay, I'll tell you what, says Sophia, because you're not for Dr. Pepper, I'll never drink another Dr. Pepper in your sight. That's what Christians do. You mean that I have to change my way of life for her? That's if you're real. That's if you're real. Did you know that? If you're wearing clothing tonight, and I'd come to you and say, listen, your clothing you have on tonight is offensive to me. The right response to you is, well, I'll tell you what, won't you put some blinders on? I tell you what, I spent $50 for this shirt. I spent $100 for this. And you know what? I bought it. I go work. I buy what I want, live like I want. You're not my God. I ain't going to stand before you in judgment. I'm going to stand before God in judgment. So just see yourself off. But what a true, real Christian would say, I'm sorry. I apologize I offended you. I'll never wear that shirt again. I'll never wear that to church again. See, that's Christian. Right? 
counterfeit will say non-compliant. Non-compliant. I live like I want to live. I drink what I want to drink. I smoke what I want to smoke. Talk what I want to talk. Have what I want to have. I can have my own attitude I want to. I profess Jesus. And that's just the way that it is. Yeah, you'll counterfeit. You'll counterfeit. You're detestable and you are disobedient. Another word that will describe disobedient tonight is not only unpersuadable but, and non-compliant, but we see unchangeable. You see, Christians tonight that are not counterfeit are always changing. Is that right? Always changing. We're changing according to God's Word. We're changing according to God's Spirit. And we're changing according uh, tonight to those people around us. Right? Now, if somebody asked me tonight, would you accept and would you applaud and would you celebrate somebody getting drunk? I would say no. I've been asked, hey, would you, if, you, if you go to a wedding and they have a reception, would you get out there and dance? No. No. Well, you're going to offend me with that. Well, you're offended on that. Right? But a counterfeit... They would say, yes. Yes, no problem, I'd do that. You see, a counterfeit tonight is not only non-compliant, but they, they're ones tonight that are just unpersuadable, and you can't move them. They're just not moved. They were counterfeits. They profess, no, no, don't stay with me, they profess that they know God, but by works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient. All right, y'all put that all in, in the area here. We can't just throw it in there. We find lastly tonight that they're counterfeit because of they have been to the place of, boy, I tell you, this is, this is hurting, but it, they're disapproved. The word reprobate there in verse 16, it says, unto every good work, reprobate. That word reprobate means disapproved. It means unapproved. So God has looked upon these people he has looked upon their lives. He has listened to what they profess. He has watched their works. He sees that they're detestable. They see that they're disobedient. And he says to them, disapproved. Disapproved. That word there means unapproved. It means rejected. And it means worthless. The word reprobate there means that you have failed the test. Means you have did not pass the test. God has given you a test in life and you didn't pass it. You profess, but you deny. You did not pass. You are defiled in your mind and you are defiled in your conscience. You can go out and do wrong as being called a Christian and not come under a conviction. You cannot come to church knowing that you ought to come to church and not have any sign of conviction. You can do as you please and please as you do, and yet if it's not godly or Christ-like or biblical, you have no problem with it. Because you live in your own agenda, and yet you profess that you know God. You have been rejected. You have been tonight disapproved. The works tonight that in which they do, it says, unto every good work is reprobate. The works that you have are not good works. The works that you have have now been rejected with God. Now listen to me, church. 
When we get saved, we get saved and created unto good works, right? Okay. So that means since we're saved, we can do good works. But a reprobate tonight cannot do good works. Even though those works that they do look good, God has disapproved them. So when you stand before God, you're going to stand before God in what you did for Christ. Right? You're going to give works unto Christ. And when you stand before God on the last day, you're not going to stand before Him on your sin. That was taken far on the cross of Calvary. But when you stand before the Lord, it's going to be on the works. Not just any works, but good works. And the only way you can do good works is you've been created under good works by being saved. These counterfeits, these reprobates, they are about teaching and about doing and saying they profess God and they live in all the saying all these things, they're performing all these things, they're feeding the poor, they're, they're taking the naked in, they're helping the, the neighbor, uh, they're taking the orphanages, they're doing all that they can in the way of good works. But at the end of the day, at the end of the time, when you stand before God in the way of judgment God's going to say rejected you never did one good work not one yeah but God man we 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 preached in your name and we cast devils and, and we raised the dead and we went to church we read our Bible we preached the Bible yeah but not one good work you're a reprobate why because you profess to know me and by your works, not your good works, works, you denied me. You're abominable, detestable. You're disobedient. You're mentally perverse and morally perverse. You're defiled. Your conscience in your mind. Your good works are not good works. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. It's not what we say at the end of the day. It's not all that you and I have to exert in our energy or have such a good attitude or or maybe do something tonight uh, that has bring some joy for everyone else. It's good works. And when Jesus comes back in Revelation, he says, I'm coming back with a reward. And what's he going to reward? Good works. Let me give you some good works and we'll close tonight. I want you to notice tonight what a good work would be. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Uh, as we turn there tonight, let's look at this and, and we'll close this up tonight. So a reprobate tonight is in the church. They wouldn't be out of the church. You don't profess to know God and not be in the church. They don't even go together. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. The Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the good works that you would perform, that you would do because you're saved, will bring glory to the Father. That's a good work. Reprobate cannot bring glory to the Father. It don't matter what kind of work they do. Their good works are reprobated. Look at the second one, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. 
The Bible says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. How, what is a good work? A good work is what we've been created in, and that's how we walk. We walk in good works. Reprobates, they've been disqualified. They've been rejected. Because their walk is not where God said it ought to be. They profess to know God, but in works they deny them. Their walk does not glorify God. We find here, thirdly, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 10, well reported for good works, if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed good, every good work. That's a good work. But reprobates tonight have been dis disallowed, rejected. They're fake. They're counterfeit. Even though they may feed someone, even though they may give to someone, because they profess to know God, and by works they deny. With their lips they say they're Christian, but with their life they're unchristian. Reprobate. We find in 2 Timothy 3, in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. That means complete. That means whole. Thoroughly furnished. Unto good works. What, make you, what makes you complete? What makes you fit? Good works. Reprobates. Rejected. We find in 2 Timothy or Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. I'm, chapter, I'm trying to chapter. Yeah, chapter 14 says, Not giving heed to Jewish favor, the commandments of men that turn from the truth. Look at Titus 3.8. This is the faithful saying, and these things will I, I will, that thou affirm constantly that they which believe have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Reprobates. Rejected. Hebrews 10, verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, church again. Reprobates, rejected, worthless, fake, phony, counterfeit. Reprobates are unfit tonight and unable to do a work that pleases God. All they do is vain, is useless, and all they can do is profitless, and all they can do is Christless. Matter of fact, tonight God has stamped them counterfeit. Help our church tonight to get in order. May tonight each one of us would know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. And that I don't only profess Jesus, but I possess Jesus. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.
So this thought tonight, the reprobates or somebody that's out there abusing women or reprobates are in jails and prisons and reprobates tonight are those that are the scum of the world and those that are awful in, in doing what they do and drug addicts and, and uh, drunkards and uh, homosexuals and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, them, them, are, them are reprobates. You know, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. It might be possible that none of them are reprobates. None of them. But it is possible tonight to be in the house of God and to profess that, that you know God, but by your works you deny God. Now that's a reprobate. Being abominable, being disobedient, and reprobate in all your works. You've seen, Brother George, and if we just need to get with God tonight, let's get with God. Say, Lord, I need to be saved tonight. I need to be born again. I need Jesus tonight to come into my life. I ask you, Lord, as I confess that I'm a sinner, I'm a counterfeit, I'm without God, I'm fake, I'm phony. I'm not really what I say that I am, but I want to be saved tonight. Anybody like that tonight? Anybody? Won't you come? Won't you come? Just let Jesus have your life. Let Christ, let Christ come into your heart. Become born again. You sing, Brother George. Oh, 